Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a beautiful morning at St. James United Methodist Church, located at 301 Watts Avenue in Lawrence, South Carolina. We want to welcome everyone that's here present with us this morning, as well as those that are visiting with us on our virtual online services. You can find us over at facebook.com forward slash stjamesumc.lawrence or over at our website at www.stjamesumclawrence.org. We hope everyone that's here receives a blessing being with us this morning. rejoice and be glad in it. It's good to see you this morning as we worship the Lord and come into God's house this morning. And we are the church. You are the church. And I am the church together. We don't have to be in a sanctuary or a building to be God's church. God's church resides in each of, each of us, our hearts. And as we worship together, we are the church. We can be out on the front lawn, we can be downtown Lawrence, we could even be at Chick-fil-A, but we worship God, we're his church. Amen. A couple of things this morning, I want to welcome our, our virtual congregation. I asked Kevin to do that because sometimes in the morning I forget, I'm getting old, and we do have a virtual congregation. Um, that grows every week, and I hear comments from people that enjoy our services online, so we, we want to include them as well as part of our worship. Also, I've been asked um, in those conversations, when we have our prayer time, if you would like to make a prayer request, if you would please come and, and uh, use the microphone so that the people at home can hear you. I heard some people say that they want to hear your voices um, when it comes to prayer time so they can hear uh, the congregation. So as we begin today, let's welcome our, our, our virtual congregation. Everybody say hello. Amen. Let us begin our worship today as we join together in and let's stand together as we join together in the Apostles' Creed this morning. Let us unite in the historic confession of our Christian faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sat at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. 
Our first unsung hymn this morning is Blessed Assurance, and we're going to listen um, together as we meditate on the words as Wesley plays, and we're going to, and Wesley's going to play all three verses of hymn number 369. Thank you, Wesley. Does anyone have any prayer requests this morning before we come to our time of prayer together? Let us pray.
Almighty God, who Jesus taught us as we come to approach you through prayer. He taught us to call you our Father in heaven. And he taught us to give your name, make your name holy and reverent. And to realize who you are as we approach you in prayer. Realize that you're mighty and powerful. And that you hung the stars in space and you created this world with words. You said, let there be light, and there was. And after you finished creating, you said, it is good. We thank you today, Lord, that you make good things. That we are good. You created us good. And that we're created in your image and likeness. And we have your heart in our, in our soul. And we thank you, Lord, that you loved us so much that when we strayed from you and we gave in to temptation and we lost paradise, you found a way to restore us and to let us back into your presence. His name was Jesus, who came to be our Savior, who loved us so much that he wanted us to have a right relationship with you, Father, that through him he's the key and the doorway to heaven, that when we believe him and accept him into our lives, we know that in our Father's house, in your house, there are many mansions that he has gone ahead to prepare a place for us, that where he is, we can be also. May those words comfort us in these uncertain days. As chaos looms around us, help us to know that we can have peace in Jesus. As he taught us when he was on the stormy sea, in the midst of the chaos of a thunderstorm and the sea being angry and the boat being tossed like a rag doll upon the angry sea. Help us to know that we can have peace as Jesus was asleep in the midst of a storm. Help us to know in our lives, Lord, that we can have peace that passes all understanding. Even though sometimes our life is out of control and we feel like we're at the mercy and we're on a roller coaster ride of emotions, help us to know that you can calm our stormy sea with your love and your grace and you can say, peace be still. Calm us this morning, Lord, with the assurance of your love that never ends and never fails. Move upon our hearts in a mighty way as we gather to worship. Remind us of who we are and who you are and that we are part of your family. Holy Spirit, Come and minister to us today. We bind any hindering spirit from this place. Bless each person here today and bless those that are listening 
in our virtual audience this morning. We all have needs and we all have concerns and we all have struggles in life. And we lift these needs before you, Lord, in prayer, silently, unspoken. And we ask this morning that you would be with Mike and Dave and Mr. Felix. We lift up Pat Lida, Mike Lida. We lift up Helen Short. And we lift up Charlie Short this morning. Lord, we give you the praise and the honor and the glory. We ask, Lord, that your will will be done in our lives, in these, in the lives of these persons that we've asked for in prayer as we call their names out before your throne. We commit this service to your glory as we lift up the name of Jesus. And now we ask, as we close this prayer, teach us to pray the prayer that Jesus taught all of his disciples to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now for our children's time, we'll invite all the children that are listening with us this morning to gather around as we join together in the, for our children's time today. For my children's sermon, I brought a globe. How many of you believe in global warming? How many of you believe in global cooling? We hear a lot about global warming and global cooling in the news lately. There are a lot of concerns about climate change. But how many know it's all God change? Amen. I mean, the book of Revelation talks about that, and Jesus talked about that there will be t- changes in the seasons and the climate in this world for the end comes. This morning I'm talking about Global warming. Global warming. You know, the Bible talks about global warming. I'm going to put that down. The Bible talks about global warming. It's not the kind of global warming that we talk about or think about or the news reports. The global warming comes from Matthew 28. Is the Great Commission. Go and make disciples, not just of America, not just of Lawrence, but all nations. Go and preach the gospel. And remember, I am with you even to the end of the age. Back in 1969, a man named Kurt Kaiser wrote a hymn, and it said in our hymnal, it's number 572. I'm going to ask Wesley to play that through one time.
case you didn't know the name. Thank you, Wesley. Thank you so much. In case you didn't know the name of that hymn, it's Pass It On and Hear the Words. You're probably thinking, what does that got to do with global warming and Jesus? But the song reveals the words, it only takes a spark to get a fire going. And soon all those around can warm up its, warm up its glowing that's how it is with God's love once you've experienced it. You spread his love to everyone. You want to pass it on. And when you do, you have global warming. Amen. Jesus says, go and share the gospel and pass it on. And when you do, the globe warms up with God's love. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that through your love and sharing of the good news that the warmth is passed on to others needing to hear that God loves them. Bless all the children listening this morning. Bless everyone listening and sharing in this children's time as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And this sermon came from sermonsforkids.com. Wonderful resource. And now let us join together in meditating on our next hymn. It's num number 504 in our hymnal. And invite you to listen and meditate on the words. And Wesley's going to play for us verses 1, 2, and 4 of the hymn, The Old Rugged Cross.
Let's stand together for God's, the reading of God's word this morning. And remain standing for the doxology, although we will, will not be singing it. Our scripture today comes from Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. I'm reading today from the New King James translation. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days. It was heard that he was in a house. Immediately, many gathered together so there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing the paralytic, who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So they had broken, so when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, What does this man, why does this man speak blasphemy like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit, they had reasoned thus with themselves. He said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? What is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take your bed up and walk, but that you may know the Son of God has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose, took up his bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so, it was, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. you and you may be seated. Let us pray. Dear God, we invite you into our midst. Speak to our hearts. Convince and convict us of our sin. Help us to hear your word and receive it into our hearts. We thank you that once the word comes forth out of your mouth, it does not return forth. We pray it may find its way into our hearts where it reaps a harvest of righteous life and living. Give us ears to hear and open hearts to receive your word this morning as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. A new pastor came to town. He moved into the parsonage with his family and held his worst, first worship service with his new congregation. 
But as he was conducting the worship, as he was glancing at the bulletin and following the service printed there, he noticed something very odd about this new congregation he was pastoring. When it came time for him to invite the congregation to stand for the Apostles' Creed and to recite the historic confession of the Christian faith, instead of facing forward as he was accustomed, they all turned their backs and faced the wall. They joined in the historic confession they turned around and they sang their first hymn of the worship service. Being a new pastor, he tried not to ask too many questions. He tried to accept the practice of this worship, but he thought it was a little odd. Finally, after a couple of months, he could no longer bear it. So he had to ask the question. Why did the congregation turn around and face the back of the church while reciting the Apostles' Creed? And do you know what he learned? Nobody knew why. It was something that they always done that way. And they didn't know why, what the reason was. And then finally the pastor asked a charter member of the church who had been there for a long time. He asked them about the practice and he discovered that many, 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 many years ago, there used to be a plaque on the wall that had the Apostles' Creed written on it. And when the time came for the church to join in worship and recite the Apostles' Creed, the congregation would turn around and read it off the wall. That practice had been done for many years. One day, a thunderstorm came and shook the, con shook the church and the foundation, and the plaque fell off the wall and broke. It was never replaced. In fact, that plaque had stayed so long on the wall, it had an outline etched on the wall. Recently, the church was painted, and the outline was completely painted over. There was nothing to remind the church that that Apostles' Creed plaque ever hung on the wall. But it was ingrained in the memory of the church, but they forgot why they were doing it, and only a few people knew why they did it. So the next Sunday, the new, the, the new pastor started a new tradition in the church. Everybody turned forward to recite the Apostles' Creed. How many of you know you can do something new in church? Amen? Y'all are quiet this morning. Today in our scripture, our scripture tells us and reveals to us an exciting story of Jesus. I mean, you know, Jesus is, every story is exciting about Jesus. He goes down to Capernaum and he goes to educate some new folks about what it is to have church. He goes to do something new, something different, something that's never done before. He goes to shake things up and to change the status quo. Jesus came to take and teach those folks in Capernaum to think outside the box. See, there are those people today that are comfortable with the box church, four walls. There are those people that are comfortable with church with a pew and a pulpit. There are those people that are comfortable with the church with a steeple and a marquee out front that lights up at night. And there are those people that are comfortable with the church that have a stained glass with Jesus hanging in the bag. 
But what about if the church's roof is busted through or collapsed with somebody coming through it? Can you still have church? Can you still be the church today? Can we be comfortable with it? Can we still have church if God decides church looks something different and he decides to blow down our four-wall religious spiritual card house? Can we still worship God and be comfortable with God if God says, rethink church? Sometimes God has to break through the wall of the church so the light of Christ can get through. Since I have been in ministry and served the United Methodist Church in South Carolina, I have seen two churches burn to the ground. I had one church catch on fire, and then I got a call, and I don't ever, you don't ever want to get a call, your church is on fire. I remember getting a second call at 3 o'clock in the morning. The church is on fire. I said, say that again. I thought it was a dream. I said, no pastor can go through this twice. Pastor, the church is on fire. Folks, I have seen a church burn. I've seen the roof catch on fire. I've seen a place of glass steeple catch on fire and topple over. I've seen a roof collapse. I've seen a church burn all the way from this fellowship hall to the church building and nothing's left except the brick foundation. Can you still have church when there's no church building and no steeple? I remember the first church fire I experienced. It wasn't a complete loss. I remember the firefighters pulled out the church, the piano from the sanctuary. It was still smoking. After a while, it stopped smoldering, and it was okay. At that time, Ben Hornsby was my choir director and musician. He asked if it was okay. He found a bench. He got behind that piano. And those of us standing around, he began to play Amazing Grace while the church burned to the ground. We all sung Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Talk about God's presence and talk about what the definition of church is that was. Sometimes God has to raise the roof to get us to understand what church is all about because we have church in a box. And God is bigger than a box. But we limit God to that box. The woman came to Jesus at the well. She said to Jesus, I know about you Jews. You believe that God is residing in the temple in Jerusalem. Well, we Samaritans worship God on the mountain. So what she was referring to was the mountain that God met with Moses and the Israelites at Mount Sinai when God's presence came down and consecrated the people. And Jesus says, nope, nope, nope. Sometimes, you know, we want to put God in an area or a place or a building like the Jews did. And Jesus said, nope, wrong answer. 
there's a time coming that you worship God in spirit and in truth, not in the building or an area. Because see, what Jesus is talking about is work on the cross, is work on the Calvary, because Jesus made it possible for us to see the face of God when the Jews couldn't. See, if you remember the story, Moses desperately wanted to see the face of God. God, I want to see what you look like, man. <laughs> and God said, you can't look at me because if you look at me, I'll destroy you because you're still a sinful creature, Moses. And God said, I'll allow for you to look at my backside. So God passed by the rock, and Moses was able to see God's backside. But because of Jesus, my friends, we can see the face-to-face -face of God because Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. Behold, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Then where I am, you can be also. And because of that, we can see God's face-to-face -face because of the blood of Jesus. Jesus is telling us that there's a time coming that we're not going to worship God in the temple or on the mountain, but we're going to worship God in our hearts because we become the living temples of the Holy Spirit. We become the ecclesia, the church of Jesus Christ. Four men in our text came to see Jesus. They wanted to get their brother healed. He was in need. Bible doesn't tell us how long he'd been on that bed, but he couldn't move. He was paralyzed. But these four men wanted to get their brother healed. So they came to Jesus. Some folks try to come to church to get healed, and some folks try to come to find Jesus, and some folks come to church to find forgiveness, but they don't know how to get in. What do you mean, Pastor? There's the door, there's the steeple, there's the steps upstairs that lead to the church, to the sanctuary. Everyone knows how to get there, right? Oftentimes people get met by religion at the door of the church with the religious police checking the IDs at the door, profiling people, saying, well, you can't come in because you don't look like us. Four men saw that everybody was meeting in Capernaum at the house. It was worship as normal, but they couldn't get in because everybody blocked the way to Jesus. Religion gets in the way. Sometimes, folks, we can't experience Jesus the way we need to experience him because religion. We have our own preconceived ideas that are ingrained in us from Sunday school all the way throughout our lives. We have all these thoughts and all these perceptions of what God is and what God isn't, and we have them in, intertwined in our mind, our beating, and our ideologies, and our ideologies sometimes come in the way of us experiencing Jesus the way we need to experience him. Folks, God is not limited to our, our own perspective or our opinion. He's broader than that. He's much bigger than our own religious ideology and aspirations. See, these four men in our scripture today had a need. They were seeking the healing. They wanted to link up with God. So they decided to take matters into their own hands. Sometimes that's what we have to do. We have to take our matters into our own hands and come to Jesus. 
They were ready to break free from sentimental religion of the day. And so they climb up on the roof. <laughs> they climb up on the roof while Jesus is preaching. Couldn't get to him that way, so they don't climb to the roof. Up on the roof. Something's happening. While Jesus is preaching and conducting the service, straw and hay and pitch and dirt are falling all from above. And then the roof collapses. And a sick man comes through the hole in the roof right in front of Jesus while he's preaching. Notice Jesus didn't stop the service. He keeps on preaching. Notice he doesn't say, oh, you can't do that in here because that's not how we do church. That's not the dignified Methodist way of doing worship. The worship committee was sitting on the front row and they were upset. He said, no, we can't have that in here. But Jesus didn't get upset. He was not miffed. In fact, he was impressed of the man's, of, the, of these four men's faith. He liked their creative worship style. And he said to the man on the bed, rise, your sins are forgiven. Take up your bed and walk. And I don't know about you folks, but that's a church service. The man stood to his feet. And you know, how many of you know ever, has, ever had to have surgery on your legs or on your hip? And how many of you know that you don't get up and walk when you've been laying in the bed after surgery? They have to come up and help you get out of bed. You have to have physical therapy for the next six months to teach you how to walk again. This man had none of that. This man got up and immediately stood to his feet with no physical therapy whatsoever, and he walked out that house healed completely. I don't know about you, but that's what church looks like. And the, the last part of the verse says, the last part of this text says, and everyone was amazed. And they glorified God and they said, we've never seen anything like that before. The man that was crippled walked and stood and walked out of that house. Sometimes God has to break through the doors of traditional church, and when he does, miracles happen. People come to Jesus, people get healed, and people get delivered. You know, there are always those Pharisees that sit in church on the front row and say, who are you to do that in here? We, we're, we've always done it that way before. We don't want those sinners in this church. And we sure don't want somebody crashing through the doors, through the roof of our sanctuary. Can we still have church if the church building is deemed unsafe 
That's what they put on the church after it burned. Yellow ribbon. Unsafe for occupancy. Unsafe to have worship. Can you still have church when it's unsafe on the door? Well, we went down the street and had church in an old store. And I'm telling you, during that year, it was the best singing, best preaching, best fellowship. God can do great things when we think outside the four walls of what a church is. And when we think outside our box of ideology when it comes to religion, Jesus can do great things in our lives if we allow him to. A lot of times we limit God, and God can be limited to a box if he wanted to be that way. But I don't know about you, God is so much bigger than a box and four walls. We've had to adjust here according to the pandemic. We started doing a streaming worship service. And I I know a lot of people, when we say virtual congregation, a lot of people snicker and laugh under their breath. But folks, did you read The Advocate this week? How many stories in the Advocate this month did you read about churches streaming? How many did you read the bottom of the page where it says Brooklyn Brooklyn United Methodist Church has a social media boom? I don't know about you, but that needs to be St. James United Methodist Church on the front page. I remember a couple of months ago before the COVID-19 Before the COVID-19 pandemic hit, I went, went to a training that I had for the Greenwood District and met with, the, with the, uh, the chair of the communication for our conference. There was like eight people there. He went over that the new wave today in church is for social media. And I want to say thank you so much to this church and the administrative council that decided to vote on and have internet put in this church because that was step number one. Not only did, I was just thinking about getting the sanctuary, but the administrative council went in and put it in here and in the office and in this church too. So we covered in this building. And I want to thank this administrative council for making that decision because we put it in on Tuesday. The trustees had it put in on Tuesday and then COVID-19 hit. We couldn't do what we do without that. So I appreciate that so much. We couldn't read. And see, folks, we have a virtual congregation that we do not want to lose, that we, but we want to connect with every Sunday. I hear so many comments of people say, we love the streaming service. Thank you so much. And the other thing I want, I want to personally say this morning, a thanks, a big thanks to everybody. We really, really, really need to thank Kevin Allman this morning. Because without Kevin and his expertise, we couldn't do what we're doing. So thank you, Kevin, once again, for doing what you do. Uh, and we should be on, with that kind of expertise and technology that we have, we should be on the front page of the advocates saying, St. James has got a social media. But.
is going on in that church. Amen? I think it's what it's all about, that we should raise the roof and let God minister to people in this church through what we're doing here. People are listening and tuning in. So before men came to Jesus, they took their brother who was sick, they lowered him in the cave through the roof. The roof caved in, and he left with a miracle, being able to stand and walk. And everybody was amazed and praised Jesus for the wonderful things that he did. And we get ready to praise Jesus for the wonderful things he's going to do in this church in all of our lives. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. stand for the benediction. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're not limited by our ideology or opinion or four walls. You can use whatever to reach others with your love. Minister to us today. Reach out and change our hearts. Because we know that as we open up and break through the wall, as you break through the wall in our lives, and in our church, miracles are going to happen and lives are going to be changed. We give you praise. Bless everyone today. Walk with them, each person. Touch them with your peace. They pass us all understanding. And we're sure to give you the praise. Amen.